Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. Welcome to the show. So glad you're here on this lovely Tuesday morning. It's my sleepy day, and I usually share my sleepy day with my partner in crime, Michaela Gordon. But she's probably still sleeping, actually, because her flight got so delayed last night coming back from Orlando. Uh, Flights have been chaotic, to say the least, around the country lately. Uh, so we've got Shar Jossel filling in once again. She's back, our entertainment journalist. Uh, Shar, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for Such having short me. short notice, too, and you're just like, I will make it work, and I will show up with a lip. Well, I love working the morning show hours. Yeah. You know, these are my favorite hours. I'm doing a double today, by the way. Are you doing Let's Go There Later? I am. Uh, how do you do <laughs> that? But I also love working with you. And you know what? Shout out to Michaela, because I mean, I'm still getting my voice back. You know, I hosted Pride this you past sure weekend. But it's so frustrating right now because we're we're shelling out hundreds of dollars of our hard-earned money to pay for these flights, but you might as well be flying standby at the rate I that things are being canceled and delayed. Know. Well, she gets canceled and delayed, and then she sits around and orders wine at the little bar and <laughs> spends more money, poor thing. Listen, I, I've been telling Michaela for years... To be fair, this is a work like a work trip, but still a little bit little bit of vacation in there. I've been telling her for years, I'm like, honey, take trips. Go on vacation. Yeah. Like you have vacation time here. Use it. She's a Capricorn. We don't take vacation. She did not take one for almost <laughs> three years. And then I took her on one last year and she won't come back. Where now did you all go? We went to Puerto Vallarta at one point. Nice. We weren't like the like the problematic ones though. We weren't like the ones on the boat that was sinking or going yeah. to like the circuit oh, parties. We were like on our own, like away yeah. from people. Um but that was definitely going on while we were there. And she has not looked we back. Were, we were really quickly, we were just talking about this, my sister and I, yesterday about, you know, the American elitism uh-huh. of going to these countries during the height of the pandemic yep. for our quote unquote mental health. But sure. you're inherently making the locals who are, you know, providing services mm-hmm. and making your food. You're making them sick. No, we, we very, <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, it's a double edged sword. It's tricky because a place like, well, like Puerto Vallarta, right? They rely on tourism. That's yeah. it. That's how they make their money. So we, when we traveled, we, we weren't going to parties or being around people. We were only booking hotels that were like 30% capacity, 50% gotcha. capacity, so that we were still away from people. We were outdoors. Uh, we ate at all the outdoor restaurants. Um, but yeah, I hear you, though. Like, Well, hey, the, the natives of Hawaii are begging us from the mainland to stop coming over there. Well, that is, that is a, well they're all, that's a little bit of a different situation, too. Like, they're oh, a little oh, bit, yes. They're a little bit... They're, 
uh, it's American. And they're a little bit better off, I think, by and large. Oh yeah, than a lot of people who maybe live in Puerto Vallarta. Who that is true. You know, so it's it's tricky. I have not been to Hawaii in years, and I I look forward to going back very soon. My mm-hmm. fiance, have you ever been to Hawaii? I went last year actually. Oh, where? Um, Which island? Um, Oahu, Oahu. Honolulu. Oh, Honolulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, I, I was there years ago with my ex. I'll show you my reel. It was really good. Okay, my fiance <laughs> has never been there, so one of these days. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. No, here nor there. Thank you so much for being here, Char. Of course. We have a great show coming up for you. It's the last day of voting here in California. Everything you need to know. Uh, we're going to be covering that red, white, and Q with Emily Hoven. Also, uh, Doc Halligan is calling in our celebrity veterinarian. Uh, how can your dogs join you safely at a parade? It is Pride season. Uh, we were at a parade this weekend, and, uh, and Shar was hosting it with Ryan. They were on the Channel Q van. We were marching. I got sunburnt as I'll get out. So how do you keep yourself and your pets safe during Pride season? Uh, right those now, those dogs were so tired. By the way, on the parade route. Well, because uh, Emil said, "Should we have brought our dog?" And no. I go, "Look around. No way." And on your dog Earth. is one of those teddy bear dogs. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. He does not. He does not want the work. He does not want the work. Out, honey. It's time for news on the beat. A Texas lawmaker announced that he will introduce legislation to ban minors from attending drag shows in the state. State Representative Brian Slayton, a Republican, shocker, uh, said a law was necessary to protect children from perverted adults, citing a viral video of children attending the drag show in Dallas on Saturday. The events of this past weekend were horrifying and show a disturbing trend in which perverted adults are obsessed with sexualizing young children, he said in a statement. As a father of two young children, I would never take my children to a drag show, and I know Speaker Dade Phelan and the rest of my Republican colleagues wouldn't either. He added, protecting our children isn't enough, and our responsibility as lawmakers extends to the sexualization that is happening across Texas. Grow the F up. And I'm so sick. They're using these classic 1982 yes, buzzwords. Again, again. It's history repeating mm-hmm. itself. We're grooming children. Indoctrinating the children. Before the pandemic, Michaela had a drag brunch, and uh, her good friend Kim Caldwell showed up with her four-year-old da- daughter, Harlow, I believe is her name, and it's she was eating name. tater tots and a breakfast burrito and giving out singles to all the drag queens <laughs> and living her best life. And I was like, this is this is the family I want someday. <laughs> so there you have it, Texas. Ay, ay, ay. Let's do a little bit of weather. Uh, do you have that for me, Vanessa? I don't think you have weather in here for me. So this is what happens when Michaela doesn't show up, and... What I will say is we will be under heat advisory. Okay. According to ABC7 Eyewitness News, okay. right here in the heart of so Southern in, California. In Los Angeles. It's going to be gonna, hot. Yeah. Uh, June gloom is going to be on its way out. We are about to, it's about to hit. And we're 20 days out from the official first day of, well, two weeks out from, yeah. you know, summer solstice. Summer, summer, yeah. But the, it's it's turning up, especially the desert areas. So yeah. I was watching the news this I'm morning. I'm going to guess it's probably about 108 in the, in the valley, but don't, or in the desert. So don't uh, quote me on that. Do you have a vibe <laughs> of the day for us? I do. This comes, this comes courtesy of Marsha P. Johnson, the foremother of the movement, one of the foremothers mm. who made it possible so that we could have a pride. She says, no pride for some of us without liberation for all of us. You all keep that in mind as you are taken to the streets. Now you hold on to that vibe right there and we'll be back in just a moment. Oh, yes. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, so I don't know how we missed this story. I think all of the chaos and the excitement of Pride Weekend here in uh, West Hollywood was just too much, right? Um, but over the weekend, the story went viral. Have you seen the chart? This uh, employee at Disneyland Paris. This guy goes up on this little platform in front of the Magic Castle, uh-huh. gets down on one knee uh, in front of his girlfriend, pulls out a box, and the crowd starts to go wild. And she's like, hands to the mouth, 
like crying. The emotions so are flowing. Nice. And then this Disney employee out of nowhere jumps into the frame, grabs the ring, takes the ring from the man's hands, escorts them off the stage and says, down, better, it'll be better down here. But he did it in a very angry, aggressive way. We, we should also mention that this was done, this proposal, it had initially started on like a little mini platform. Yeah, like a little stage. The optics were great. Like Cinderella's castle was in the back. Perfect. The weather was perfect. The sunlight was hitting right. Yes. And yeah, that does. I, mm, okay, I'm going to let you pitch your well, question. Well, Go ahead, AJ. It's interesting because technically, Disney as a company for their parks does not have like an official policy that anybody can find on this. Okay. However, they do say that if you do want to plan a proposal to reach out to them ahead of time to make sure it's spectacular, that they can accommodate things and help you out, actually. That sounds like an extra surcharge. Well, I know, right? right? Like, the, <laughs> like, like, the, like the Magic Castle fee. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, apparently, though, this guy did talk to one of the other employees and got permission to do it before he went up there. Now, it's unclear whether the man who snatched the ring uh, knew about that. But what would you do? You're in that moment. Somebody's down on one knee. They're proposing to you in front of thousands of, right, right, the emotions of it all, Disney World, (laughs) and then some nobody comes and takes the ring and runs off. We would have some issues. That would have been a a very different video. I probably would have been banned from Disney uh, parks if that were me, because don't ruin my moment like that. Like, don't, don't do that. It felt, and like you mentioned, for... We did watch this video and it felt very disrespectful. It didn't. It didn't feel. It felt intentional. Yeah. But from what I saw, it seemed like he might have been a little salty, even like like he enjoyed doing that. To yes. Them. Yeah. Yes. Like that was his kink, like ruining it, people's it moments. W- it would have been one thing if it was like, hey guys, I'm so sorry. Um, I, we can't actually allow this. There's a show about to start. I, I, here, let me take you to a place where it's going to be fantastic. I don't want to ruin. But he literally grabbed it out of the guy's hand while yeah. he's on one knee. And I'll tell you what. I bought an engagement ring a couple of years ago and it it was like it was a moment. Like it was a big deal for me. It was it was more expensive than any like any piece of jewelry I'd ever bought. Of course. And I was very proud of the fact that I was able to buy it cuz I was I I come from not a lot, right? Yeah. Single mother worked in a factory, you know, yeah. raised by my grandmother. So to to have that moment taken away from me would have been devastating for me as well. I, not not even just like the the person being proposed to it goes both ways yeah i think that you know if if he could turn back time shout out to share happy pride mm-hmm, everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> he should have let that proposal go through but then when once she said yes escorted them down like no yeah. photos up here though yeah like because the guy had already started have your moment because proposals don't take that long no. it's yes or no the guy and, and they weren't taking a long time no. it wasn't a whole bunch of friends and family up Mm-mm. on this platform surrounding them he could have waited literally five additional seconds for this woman to say yes mm-hmm. and then ask them to step down off the platform. It's interesting because here in, in Southern California, we have Disneyland, which is like the original, right? The OG. And my good friend, Erica, uh, she was proposed to there. Erica Campbell? Erica De La Cruz. Oh, okay. What and a name. Her, well, her husband's name is Jock Pertle. Okay, is he French? He's Australian. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like Jacques. Yeah, it sounds French. But he proposed to her there a few years ago. We were actually in their wedding. They're going to be down in, in Mexico with us for our wedding as well. Lovely couple. But they did a whole... But but 
he's smart because he understands that she's also like a content creator. She owns like a digital magazine, like a. Like I was about a, to say, I think I've heard her lifestyle. name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's an author. She's a best-selling author. She's fantastic, and Jock understood the assignment, mm-hmm. and he had everybody in on it. He had people come in from around the world. He had the employees in on it, and they made an entire video that got a ton of views, and it was the sweetest thing. It was, and she had no idea what was going on the whole time. She was yeah. like clueless the whole time. Which is another great route, but not everybody not everybody is that organized mm-hmm. or has the connections or the know-how to reach out and say, hey, this is what I need. I feel like the guy did and the ask. Guy, and not everybody's a content creator. No! Like, I, on average, how many, just roughly off the top of your head, I know that you don't have the exact number, but how many proposals do you think happen at Disney parks on average on a daily basis? I imagine that there's a substantial amount every single day, especially uh, on the weekends. Yeah, I feel like that happen at Disney parks. I feel like on the low end, probably dozens. Yeah. And on the high end, probably hundreds. Yeah. Also, like, I feel like it happens a lot. Yeah. I, I used to work at the Cheesecake Factory in college, and we had Ooh. one or two proposals there per what week. What a menu. Right? It's so good. I love but, the Cheesecake But I was like, wait. <laughs> but I tell you this. My, my fiance, God love him, he always said to me, I get it. You've seen a lot of proposals at the Cheesecake Factory. Mm. I love it. You love it. The bread's amazing. The brown bread. So is the jambalaya pasta. So that's what he loves. Wow, I'm a he fan. He loves jambalaya really? pasta. See? Loves it. It's so good there. He says, but if you ever propose to me at the Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> I swear to God, we're done. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. The people have spoken and they want more booze. That's where we are in 2022. Uh, as, as summer is officially almost here, we're getting so close. Uh, and one poll recently surveyed 2,000 adults over the age of 21 and nearly half of Americans say that happy hour should be extended to three hours this coming summer. Well, you know, what's, what's strange to me is that on average in L.A., I feel like happy hours at like every restaurant All are, the time. are like four hours yeah. long. Like it's a four hour block of time. And that might be in the mm-hmm. name of L.A. traffic. <laughs> but it's typically a four hour block of time three, or at least three to four it's interesting to me that this happy hour thing still exists in, in, in the way they're talking about it because for those who work nine to five jobs or who are in corporate America, mm-hmm. sometimes they get off at 6, 7 p.m. And they're and if happy hour is over at 6 or 7 p.m., yeah. you know, they're doomed. Uh, you're right, though. There's a place that we go to, the sushi spot down the street uh, that we my partner and I have been going to for years. We're obsessed with it. Their happy hours from 2 to 6. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, you can sit there for hours. You know who has a good uh, happy hour as well? You can't get any food, but you can always get a drink. Where? Live Nation. Really? They're building. I went there for a party a few years ago, literally in the lobby. It would be like if we went to the first floor of this building. There's a full-service bar. Whoa. Yes, there's a full-service bar. That's a whole vibe. But I'm like, so y'all serving people drinks on the way home? Like, yeah. before, you know, like, but there's a full service bar. What if bar. you're in your office and you just, like, you need to use the restroom real quick, go downstairs, do a shot of tequila, and you're back at work? Well, welcome to the new workplace culture. Listen. Are they enabling or relieving? Everybody else is working at home, so I guess they, <laughs> they're probably drinking on their own anyways. What is your, what is your, like, what is your happy hour vibe? Like, when you go to, ha- are you a happy hour kind of girl, first of all? Oh, yes, I love happy hour. But see, I'm more of the food type. 
girl. Like I don't, I don't care about the drinks. Give me the bar wings. I want to know the bar wings. I want to know if there's a hummus plate. Mm -hmm. I want to know like what you know some some blistered shishito peppers. Always. Like I like seeing Uh what's on the food menu. So yeah, yeah, I am a happy hour girl. I'm a happy hour guy, and I'm also a Sunday fun day day drinking kind of guy because no, I I ain't got the strength for that. No, I like to go to bed early. Go to sleep. That's why I like it because I work such crazy hours. I'm here so early. I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna go out to dinner or drinks, it needs to be at four. So I, I can, feel sluggish. The last yeah. time I did a day party type situation, like where it was like that Sunday fun day day drinking, it was literally like last June, like June 24th at the Abbey. I went to brunch because, you know, all of the food at the Abbey is good. I've never it had anything It's really gross. good, actually. It's really I've, solid. I've never had anything mm-hmm. nasty from the Abbey. And I think I've tried one of everything off the menu at this yeah. point. But we went there. It was some friends. I worked a red carpet at the Beverly Hilton. And then I met with some friends afterwards mm-hmm. and we were out. It was one of those all day expenditures. Yeah. And yeah, I just went home and and laid in the bed like a starfish. I can't do it often. Like, I don't mind a good, like... Once every two months. If that. <laughs> my fiance and I have a joke that every six months we go to West Hollywood so we can, like, re, like, re, re-up our, like, gayness. Like, uh-huh. we're like, okay, we need to, like, okay, let's just re-register um, uh, to make sure that we're still keeping our... Oh, yeah, it's not an every weekend current. thing. But some, for some people, it is. Some people love a happy hour all the time. I just get too tired. Because here's my problem is also this. I am the type of person. I know myself. I know my personality. And also, to be fair, a bit of a downer. There's a history of little alcoholism in my family. Uh-huh. So I know there's some addictive traits there. And I've never allowed myself to go there on purpose. Because you get me on a day drinking situation, catch me on vacation. Yeah. Catch me in a tropical location. I'm drinking all day long and living my best life. And I, I, I become the life of the party in my brain. And I can't stop. So I avoid happy hour at all costs. But it's good to know that they're going to be a little bit longer this summer. Yeah. Uh, stay safe. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. It's time for first round of What's Poppin' Entertainment Journalist Shar Jocel. What do you have for us? So, I don't know if you've been keeping track of this damn Mew Mew skirt. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's this like tan colored, khaki colored like mini skirt mm-hmm. that has... It's been like the sisterhood of the traveling pants. It's now, granted, what I mean when I say that is it's not the same skirt, but there's been so many people rocking this on the covers of high fashion magazines and on red carpets. Uh, but it was just revealed that Nicole Kidman, and I say her name like that because that's how Oprah says it, uh, <laughs> begged to wear the Mew Mew mini skirt on the cover of Vanity Fair during a recent chat um, with the Moulin Rouge director. His name is Baz Boz, excuse me, Lerman for Vogue Australia, he revealed that she thought about uh, modeling the controversial skirt. And I say it's controversial because, like I mentioned, everybody has it. But on the cover of Vanity Fair's 2022 Hollywood issue. But ultimately, they decided against it. But she is wearing one. I should mention. I don't know if you can see the picture, AJ, if you pulled up the article. But she has one in a different color. So that's how she flipped the script on us. Because when I tell you everybody's been in the khaki one, like the khaki colored Uh one. And so, um, yeah, her that they styled the entire thing. Like her styling team styled, of course, the entire ensemble: gray knee socks, pointy toe loafers, I'm into the and loafer. the skirt. I've, I've been, I've been googling like pe- the penny loafers like crazy lately. What are what are you? Is, are you going back to church? And it's 1993. No, I, I do like a little bit of that vibe. I do like I like a good like a little pleated pant moment now. A little bit of crop pant. Do you um, put the actual penny in your penny loafers? I would. I've done that. I well, would. I mean, when I, I was did back in the day, baby, yeah, because yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Uh, it's interesting. She's kind of giving me this whole like 90s thing has made a full like comeback right now. She's giving me a little bit of Avril Lavigne, a little bit of like. Clueless. Moss. Yes, yes. Alicia Silverstone. Kind of that vibe. What's her name uh, from Euphoria just this weekend wore a little super, super low uh, mini skirt, and everybody's been talking about that as well. Which character? I can't remember what. The blonde. One. The blonde uh, Cassie. Cassie. Sydney Sweeney. Is that who it was? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. The one who betrayed her friend. Yes. And she's getting a lot of press for it. It's like the vibe again. Everything was super low cut back in the day. Even guys were low cut. Yeah, in the 90s. I'm not. Yeah, shout out to Lenny Kravitz. I'm not one. Give me Ooh. a high rise everything. Remember I'm Lenny not Kravitz wearing low cut. Was on stage and he squatted yes, down. Yes, and yes, yes, it yes. It all yes. just came on out. That yes, his pants moment. ripped open. It sure did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, you know, shout out to Nicole Kidman. You know, on the cover of Vanity Fair, the 2022 Hollywood issue. Good morning, Beat Channel Q. What about us, Pink? Like, what about us? Like, does she ever answer that question? I love that song, but she just keeps saying, what about us? What about you? What do you want us to know, Pink? Tell me. I, I love Pink. You know, she was on Ellen's finale. Oh, I love Pink, too. Yeah. Do you know that I met her one time? How was she? fan effing And it was during the March for Marriage Equality in 2008. Of course. And we were downtown marching, and... Uh, I was crying. My sister used to support gay marriage back then, and and now she doesn't. But at the time, we were it was like a big moment for us. And I <laughs> we see, don't have to talk about that. <laughs> right, it's a lot. And I see I see Pink, and she sees me. And this is like before I was in television. I wasn't doing. I was like a bartender at the time. And she comes over and grabs me, hugs me, puts my head down like on like against hers because I'm pretty tall and she's not. Yeah. And she goes, "It'll be okay, baby. It'll be okay." And I was like, cry- I'm like. Pink just grabbed me and started hugging me. I would have said, thank you, Alicia. 
right. I know that's her government of name. Of course she, it is. And, and it fits her. Uh-huh. Of course she's an Alicia. Alicia. Of course her name's not Susan. And it's also not Alicia. It's definitely she's an Alicia. She's Alicia. You can see it. Yeah. yeah. It fits her perfectly. I've loved Pink forever. Since there you go. Well, I Shout remember, out to Candy Burris. I remember. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. She wrote she really it. She helped kick off her career. And I, I remember being like a young gay boy in Columbus, Ohio, and going to see her in concert one summer for the first time. And I remember she was wearing like rainbow um, wristbands. And mm-hmm. at the time, that was pretty, that was making a statement. That was like a big deal. And I was like, wait, is she a lesbian? No, she's just an ally. And she was wearing rainbows. But it, it was a big, fair question. It was, a, but it, to, let's be real. Fair question. But uh, it was a big, big moment. And then a few years ago, I worked for Dick Clark all the time. And she uh, performed at the, I think it was the American Music Awards and did an entire number down the side of a skyscraper. I remember an aerial this. number down the side of the building. And I got to see it. Because they recorded the night before, so I was out there, and Tracy Ellis Ross was hosting, and we got to watch her do the performance multiple times down the side of a skyscraper. Wow. She's incredible. Uh, that's yeah. My... She's got the the flying in the sky on lock. The, yeah, like that's her the silks, stick. the aerials, and all. If anyone ever does that, that's going to be just like how Beyonce introduced yes. the leotards mm-hmm. for live performances. Well, didn't Pink really hurt her shoulder a few years ago doing something bad during one of her performances? I think one she of the had... ribbons like snapped too hard yeah. or something. Yeah, Ooh, she's an athlete. She's an athlete, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what we think about Pink. It's now time for news on the beat. Shall I get into it? I think I even have uh, some weather ready this hour, Vanessa. Yes, thank you for that. Uh, But first, uh, Maura Healey, the Democratic contender to become the next governor of Massachusetts, secured on Saturday her party's nomination for the general election in November, setting herself up to become one of the first openly lesbian women to be elected governor in the United States. Healy, who previously made history as the first out lesbian and LGBTQ person elected as state attorney general, announced just yesterday she had secured 71% of the vote from party delegates at the Democratic State Convention in Worcester. In her speech accepting the nomination, Healy made lowering the high cost of living, expanding job training, and making Massachusetts a global leader on clean energy central components of her campaign theme. We gotta, we gotta save people money right now. The cost yeah. of living everywhere is insane. I'm here for the platform. Uh, moving on, the typically welcoming American Girl doll collecting community was fractured by a wave of Instagram posts denouncing Pride, prompting a discussion over homophobia within the ho- the the hobby. American Girl collectors on Instagram, a community known as AGIG, a gig. Uh, typically use the platform to anonymously flex their extensive collections, meet other doll collectors, and share photos of custom-made clothing and accessories. So is there a gay doll? Like, I don't understand how does homophobia intersect well, with... I think this is where the, this is where I think it got people's attention. American okay. Girl re-released the historic Molly doll on Wednesday, and some doll enthusiasts suggested that the timing implied that Molly is gay. American Girl has denied fan speculation over Molly's sexuality. So they're saying, was it the first day of Pride? They re-released this doll, and now people are saying she must be gay. Now, as celebrations for Pride kick off, uh, some of these creators posted in support of LGBTQ representation and inclusivity. inclusivity. Uh, Meanwhile, a group of other creators created an online campaign to take back the rainbow. The posts have divided the doll enthusiasts on Instagram. Over the weekend, a group of creators, many who say their profiles... Uh, say that they are minors, posted images of their dolls, each wearing a different color of the rainbow. They captioned their post with Bible quotes condemning pride. Like, what are we? All I have to say is, 
Kim, there are people that are dying. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say to that. That's Kim, story. not Karen, just Kim. No, Kim. That's a Courtney quote. Courtney uh, Kardashian. Kim, when Kim lost her diamond earring in the ocean. Oh yeah. And Courtney was out on that on that thing with Mason. It said, "Kim, there are people that are dying." Were they like a Turks and Caicos? Yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. That, or Bali? One of those trips? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I remember that. Oh wow. I say that to when I find things ridiculous. That entire story, with respect to your excellent reporting, your stellar reporting, AJ Gibson. <laughs> God. That entire story. I'm I'm looking at you like what now? What the heck? is going on down to the doll world. Well, the wildest thing is that these people are still like getting upset about like that she could possibly be a lesbian. Like possibly. It's just we get these uncomfortable reminders that we are not as far as we thought that, no. that we think we are. We are not nope. nearly as far as we think we are. Nope. In this conversation, in the movement. Mm -mm. <sighs> it's a wild time to be alive. Let's move on to weather. Weather is always weathering, right? Oh, yes. It's consistent, sort of. <laughs> 79 in L.A. today, 73 in Seattle, 80 in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Cathedral City, I was pretty close. 107 today. Ooh. 107 hot ones. Wear that sunscreen. Wear that sunscreen. I should have learned that lesson this weekend, marching in the uh, Pride Parade, because I am burnt like a lobster. Yeah, I see your burn on your neck. Wow, that's Hope a sharp contrast. Uh, it sure is. Hopefully, it's going to turn into a tan in the next couple of days, or it'll start peeling. It can go either way. Uh, do you have a vibe of the day for us? I do, which, by the way, shout out to 7 a.m. You, you know, love I, this hour. You know, I love 7 a.m., even though I'm like half dead this morning. Nevertheless, this, <laughs> this vibe of the day comes from Miss Major Griffin Gracie, who is also a foremother of the movie. Movement. And she says, I want my girls and my guys to be safe and to have a chance to live the lives that they want to live and not the ones that are delegated to us from some person who doesn't know who we are. Now, I edited that quote because she didn't say person. She said MF. -er. Okay. And I had to read that in the in the name of everything that's going on with legislation and LGBT, specifically trans, but also queer youth. Mm -hmm. Should all be able to live our lives and the kids are the future. They need to be able to live their lives. That part. Oh, yes. B Morning B Channel Q. I am American. All right, it's time for another round of Red, White and Q. We're talking politics, you know. Primary season is in full swing right now across the country here in Southern California or in color in California. Uh, we're actually voting today. It's primary day. I turned in my votes um, a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I put it in the mail because it's very convenient. We're allowed to do that here in California. Uh, but here to, uh, to talk about primaries and, and what's going on with the, the American electorate right now is Emily Hoven, who's a writer of Cal Matters daily What Matters newsletter on California policy and politics. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Thank you so much for having me. It's an interesting time to be a, uh, an Angelino in particular. In Los Angeles, we're seeing you know Rick Caruso and Karen Bass kind of going head to head. Rick Caruso running as a Democrat, but but uh, mm. a little Trumpian, a former Republican, <laughs> lots of money, and it feels like nobody cares. Like our primary voters in California and across the country just tuned out right now. Yeah, I think we're seeing that a lot of people are just not that excited about this election, even though there are a number of really high profile elections in, in certain parts of the state, for example, in Los Angeles, deciding the next Los Angeles mayor in San Francisco. There's a recall of the progressive district attorney, Chesa Boudin. Um, and so these are very galvanizing events. But despite that statewide, only about 15 percent of voters have actually returned their ballots so far, which is 
quite low. And um, this has some experts concerned that California could actually break its record for low turnout, which was set in 2014. Um, and there are a lot of different reasons why voters may not be, be casting their ballots. Um, but it is kind of paradoxical, given that there are more ways than ever to vote, um, including voting by mail, same-day voter registration and casting ballots, eliminating the postage stamps required to send in the ballots. Uh, so this is definitely you know, somewhat concer- concerning for California political watchers. I know that there's been a lot of uh, hesitation because of this alleged, you know, voter fraud, which has been disproven time and time again. What do you think it is? Why, why aren't people incentivized, especially knowing that elections have consequences? And I've seen political ads every two seconds on my TV. I so should mention ma- that. And flyers in the mail every <laughs> day. Oh, my gosh. They've wasted so much paper, so AJ. Much paper. But what what is it about this election that has people just not really incentivized or, or taken to the polls? Because, I mean, people are registered to vote, but why aren't they voting? Totally. I think one of the one of the big reasons is that the top of the ticket statewide is just not that exciting at all. Um, you know, Ga- Governor Gavin Newsom easily defeated the recall election against him last year. And basically this year, he hasn't even had to campaign because he's sort of still been riding the victory wave um, from from defeating that recall. And so that's not even really, many people aren't even really seeing that as a real race, you know, one in which he has to compete. Same for a U.S. senator, um, where the incumbent Democrat, um, Alex Padilla, is expected to sail the victory. Same with lieutenant governor, um, and there's actually even a poll that came out recently that showed that the, the incumbent attorney general, Rob Bonta, is also predicted to easily fail to re-election. And so I think because all of these races are sort of seen as, as a snooze, and part of the reason for that is that Republicans have just been unable to gain any traction in California, especially on the, at the statewide level. Um, and so there is really no sort of real opposition. And you're seeing independent candidates try. They're mounting campaigns for, for governor. You have Michael Schellenberger, who is sort of a homelessness activist running as independent. And then for attorney general, you have Anne-Marie Schubert, who was also a former Republican, but is now independent, trying to run to the right of um, attorney general Bonta. But these candidates do not seem to be gaining much traction with the electorate. And so I think what we're seeing is that maybe one sort of unintended consequence of the the Democrats' party domination in California is that when there's not really um, a credible challenge from either the left or the right, we kind of are just stuck with the status quo and no one is that excited about turning the ballot. But that is the fear, though. And once you become complacent, that's when things can go awry. A lot of people thought that Hillary Clinton was going to sail Mm -hmm. to the presidency in 2016. She won by three million votes and never became our president. Yeah, never became our president. So be very, very careful uh, in a place, especially like California, where we just assume uh, we're just always going to be Democrats and we're always going to be protected, whatever that means. Uh, Not necessarily the case. You know, everybody's saying that, you know, Democrats are probably going to be like shellacked in 2022 in the midterms. Right. They're just going to get they're just going to get their butts handed to them. Um, Do you think there's anything between now and then that could change that this January 6th hearing? Uh, Could that have an impact? Uh, Could student loan forgiveness have an impact? Like what do you see happening between now and November that could change the course of the elections coming up? Yeah, well, I think in California, obviously, there are a number of very competitive seats for, for seats in the in the races, for seats in, in the House. And some of the concerns that, you know, I've been hearing representatives talk about um, are maybe more centered actually on 
gas prices, which are continuing to just rise to unforeseen levels here in California. And then I also think with this potential upcoming with this upcoming decision from the Supreme Court on potentially overturning Roe versus mm. Wade and restricting abortion rights, mm. I think that could make a difference in California, especially in some seats down in Orange County, which have tended to be more red that are now shifting purplish blue. And so if that's restricted, those rights are restricted and that really galvanizes you know, women to come out and vote. I think that could make a difference. Um, but there was just, it was actually very interesting. There's just a big article yesterday in the New York Times where all these um, Democrats in Congress were saying the number one thing my constituents are calling me about is the gas prices. Yeah. And so based on whatever happens between now and November, you know, based on the war in Ukraine and some of the other measures that are being worked on, I think that could have a difference whether they continue to go up or if they go back down. Ooh, okay, last but not least, because we're wrapping up, I need to know, and our listeners need to know, when is the deadline? To get votes in, yeah. Yeah. I'm turning mine yeah. in after the show, by the way. It's in my purse. I'm going to walk to the post office and turn it in. <laughs> I'm also doing this after the show. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, the, the deadline, so the polls close today at 8 o'clock p.m. Um, you can either go to vote in person. There is also same-day voter registration. So if you're not already registered to vote, Go, you can go to the polls, register to vote, and cast a conditional ballot that will be counted after they confirm your registration. Um, you can also mail your ballot um, today, and it will be counted by elections offices as long as it is received by June 14th. So there are a lot of different ways to, to turn in those ballots. And yeah, make sure to get out there and vote and have your voice be heard. Thank you so much, Emily Hoven, uh, calling in from Cal Matters. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. All right, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much to Shar Jossel for being here, filling in for Michaela Gordon. She'll be back tomorrow, God willing. I think she's on a flight or she made it back now. Um, she got delayed in Orlando for gay days quite a bit. <laughs> Flights are hectic right now, so if you're traveling this summer, plan for a little extra Best time. of luck. I got a wedding coming up, too, in a foreign country. That's going to be a blast. Some May my, the odds be in your favor, so my, my dad has never left the United States of America, and he's going to... I'm like, oh, please, everything go smoothly. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. And he's on Frontier Airlines, too. I'm like, who knows how that's going to go. Okay. Um, this is interesting. When it comes to your work environment, mm-hmm. are you the type that feels comfortable sharing personal details and big announcements, life changes with your coworkers, or do you separate like, this is my work life and then everything else is mine? Um, I think I am, I have mastered the skill of creating the illusion mm-hmm. that I'm I'm sharing a lot, but there is a whole, listen, you're getting the tip of the iceberg at work. You're not getting yeah. the full, you know, Titanic, so to speak. Um, but no, I, I go back and forth with this. And of course, it also depends on what I'm choosing to share because coworkers are coworkers. Coworkers are not friends. Well, yeah. not all of them. Like, yeah. you know, you got to be careful with those lines. And then 
you know, sometimes I don't know. Like it's I don't know. For me, it's cultural. It's almost like a social conditioning where I'm just like, Mm-mm, these people do not need to know my business like that. That's interesting because I'm a I'm a pretty open book. Sometimes I just overshare. I mean, I have a podcast where I literally confess my mess every day. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. I, I do share quite a bit. My partner and I are pretty open on social media, but we even understand that there are certain things that people do not know about us. Yeah. About our relationship, about like how we actually are in the real world. And, and I think that's healthy. Yeah, you got to keep something to yourself. Well, because 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 I found that in the past I overshare and I trust people very quickly, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh, you don't have my best interest at heart. You're stabbing me in the back right now. I think that that's one of the harshest lessons of life is yeah. when you think that someone's your friend, and because mm-hmm. you know we we've talked about this, we have discerning spirits, and yeah. we we have good judges of character. But sometimes people will surprise you, so you really do have to watch. It's it's a very nuanced process. What about so when you go into like a work environment though, it's like a trans woman, like uh-huh. that's 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 maybe something you don't wake up and think about every day necessarily. No, but to others it might be new or different. Do you feel like you need to to address that when you're no. in a new work environment or talk about pronouns or things like that no no, no. um and matter of fact channel q working here at channel q is the first job that i've been publicly trans at this really is the fir- yes wow because the way that i navigated my personal politic now everybody's different but mm-hmm. for me i'm like okay i'm here to do the work yeah you don't you don't need access to certain parts of my life it's not required you just don't, you know yeah you just know that i'm char and i'm the like when i worked at buna murray like, you know, I'm Char and I'm the release girl. I'm working with the attorneys and the supervising producers <laughs> right. and leave me alone, you yeah. know. Um, but I also am someone personal. Again, personal politics. I like being in the room based off of merit. I never want pe- anyone to play into the identity politics sure. of it all. Like, oh, my God, we're looking for a black woman who's trans. Oh, let's call Char. No, call Char based on the resume. Sure. Because if you hire me, if you call me based on identity politics, then I'm going to have to constantly have to lean into that. And mm-hmm. that's just personally, I don't personally live my life like that. But every I now and exist. then, what if it's a really good paycheck and they just really want a black trans woman? Yeah, every well, now and then? I mean, happy pride. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's <laughs> happy all make some money off of it. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't live my normal day-to-day life leaning on my trans transness to to get from Monday to Tuesday. Do you think it's a female thing? Do you think it's a cultural thing? Do you think it's because you are black? Do you think what what do you think plays into that because I will say culturally uh-huh. growing up around all white people <laughs> we're just very different in the way that we communicate things. Like all my girlfriends are black. Uh okay. And I will tell you they could be dating somebody for weeks, months, and I have no idea. And I'm like, wait, what? They're also the type like, don't ever show up at our house unannounced. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, don't don't call me if we've Life been texting. Life is not a sitcom. Yeah, but like my white friends, it's just it's wild to me that I don't know some of my black girlfriends like like personal lives. I'm like, wait, why don't I know these things? I don't know it. I, and they're just like, no, we don't let people in. No, 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 no. Because uh, uh, this is a good thing. I'm not gonna let somebody mess it up. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been like that in romantic situations it, where like it. only a handful of people know, you know, the situation What's that's really going, going on. on. Yeah, yeah, it might be cultural, but I do know, you know, speaking since you brought up the whole, you know, black thing, there have been situations where I've had white coworkers where I'm like, girl, you are telling me like, <laughs> I did not ask to know this in the break room. I just came in here to heat up my macaroni <laughs> and cheese. I'm getting filled in on your doctor's visit. You uh-huh. know. 
that's just everything. But I also know that I I'm that I have that personality. So you, you've met Michaela, where people you, you know, <laughs> but people do feel comfortable coming to me, telling yeah. me things. I don't even ask. Mm-hmm. I just you know they walk up to Shar and let let's dump it all in Shar's lap. But I also give great advice, so that's probably why okay, as well. That's fair enough. Okay, oh yes. Well, so if you do have the, the honor of working with Shar Jossel someday, <laughs> and you need some advice, just unload on her in a break room, and no. she'll, she'll set you straight. <laughs> The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. <sighs> take, take a deep breath, AJ. To all my gays, this news has me gutted. Literally gutted. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a tough day yesterday, as many gay men of my age... Uh, can relate to because we got some of the worst news you could imagine, right? There's a lot of really bad, terrible things going on in the world. And I'm on the just, edge of my seat. This just made it so much worse. Char Jossel, what's poppin'? <sighs> Nev Campbell, who Ugh. I once upon a time, 20 something years ago, thought that her and Holly Marie Combs were the same person. Stop that right now. Just Shout out to Piper Hallowell. Get to the meat Nevertheless, and Come on, I can't handle it anymore. Because <laughs> AJ's got it. That was a big, big hint. Neff Campbell, I'm just going to not bury the lead and just drop the ball. She will not be returning for Scream 6. How do you make a scream without Sydney Prescott? They might as well just hang it up. I, uh, you might as well just hang it up. Uh, and now, AJ, you're a horror fan. I'm not. Uh-huh. So I know that this really means a lot to you. But Scream 6 isn't set to hit theaters until next spring, you know, 2023. But the highly anticipated film uh, won't be delivering any jump scares because Neff Campbell, like I mentioned, a.k.a. Sydney Prescott, will not be returning. And you want to know why she's not returning, Well, I'm, I'm kind of down with this, actually, this part of it. Yeah, because it's, it's not any it's not any casting disputes. You know, she's not getting into it. Joss Whedon isn't directing it, so she's not getting into it with him. It's literally because they will not pay this woman her worth. I That breaks my heart because she says, she's like, I think the value I've brought to the franchise over five films in you know, 25 years, I, I deserve, I know what I deserve. She is the franchise. She's I'm not a, even a horror f- fan like that, but when I think of Scream, I think of Nev. Um, or is it Neve? It's Neve. Okay, because listen, it's early. Okay, Neve is the guy from. Um, oh yes, Catfish. the cute guy. Hi, yeah, yeah. hi, hi Neve, if you're listening. Now, Scream is a seven hundred and forty-four million plus grossing film, global franchise. Yeah, it's fantastic. I the, and the last one, Scream Five. Vanessa knows. I, it was so good. It was so good. I heard so good, good things about it. Did you see a producer, Vanessa? Did you watch she it? She just barely watched Scream 1 and yeah, I ruined the ending. I mean, true. she's the movie queen lately. She's been telling me about Top Gun and all this content. I she's haven't been... watched Scream 5. You haven't watched 2 through 4 either, to be I fair. I haven't, but I've watched Scream 1. Yeah. So, Scream I barely 5 got through Scream 1. AJ, how the... are you feeling today? I, I gutted. I told you. I gutted. Are I, you it, in mourning? There, there is in something. The I, I, I did a deep dive into this and there is a deep, deep uh, love and affinity with gay white men in particular uh-huh. of my age. Yeah, and Nev Campbell's character, Sydney Prescott. 
Now, she actually talked about this, like the, the queerness of it all. Kevin Williamson is a queer writer, and he wrote yes. this script. And, and he's like, I put a lot of that that stuff that I was experiencing into this character. Well, Scream so, 1 was a bit homoerotic. Yeah, for, uh, wait, wait, was it Scream oh, 1? Yes. Or with the killing Billy, at the end? Yes, Billy yeah, and Stu? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I dressed back then. I got the ribbed sweaters because oh. of Drew Barrymore and because of Stu Mocker. And Billy Loomis had those little ribbed t-shirts that were so tight. I dressed like those guys all through college. Because Let's I see sw- some photos. Oh, I've got them. <laughs> I, 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 I hope that the, the the plot twist of all plot twists is that this is just for press. That she ends up maybe like being revealed as the killer at the end of the next movie, and that she's lost her mind after all five films and finally snapped. Don't you think that would be jumping the gun a bit? I know, jumping the shark. I think is what you meant. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon, Channel Q. Pride season is here. Shar, you worked all weekend. You're still recovering. Yes. I don't know how you're here because I, I, all I did was walk in the parade and got a sunburn, and I've been crying about it for 48 hours since. Uh, <laughs> I did three 12-hour days. That's wild. For for Pride. No th- and yesterday wasn't even off for me. I was off from this job, but like... No, thank you. Listen. But Pride season is here, and how do we celebrate safely, and how do we bring our little furry friends if we choose to do so i did see a lot of dogs at the parade and and thank suffering. god suffering right because my fiance was like should we have brought ours and i was like no they look miserable and it's yeah. really hot out here um but if you are thinking about celebrating with your pooch this uh this pride season we've got celebrity veterinarian doc halligan uh, calling us some tips on keeping your pets safe also just the noise of it all like a lot of dogs have anxiety. My dog definitely yeah. does. Uh, so we're gonna we're, we're we're keeping you informed this hour here on the morning beat. I love Doc Halligan. I can't even tell you how many times she has saved my dog from like I can't because during the pandemic it's been impossible to get into vet appointments. Like you have to schedule them weeks in advance. I'm like, hey, my dog's paw is bleeding right yeah. now. I can't wait two weeks. What do I do? And she always always finds a way to fit me in. So we're excited to have her back on the show today. And vet uh, when, appointments can be stressful. Yes. For the dog, too. Yeah. Like, it's a lot. So, Vanessa, you're watching my dog very soon. Whenever it is that I leave for my wedding, which I have not announced yet. However, when I do leave, you're soon. going to become a dog mommy for a week or so. You excited? I'm looking forward to it. Okay, he I, is a teddy bear. Okay, explain to our listeners what it is that's so special and makes my dog the best dog on the entire planet. Go. Here we go. I don't know. This is hard because I literally love all dogs. If you have a dog, I want to hang out with it. I think they're all special. Like, we don't deserve dogs. She's, she's not kidding. She really does love dogs. She loves it, yeah. She, she's also afraid that Michaela and Lisa are listening right now, and she's, she, doesn't no. want to, she doesn't want a dog. Definitely not. Rocco and Bruno. But Kingston is so soft. Like, if... He has it's a teddy like a bear. Te- he literally teddy and he's, bear. He's doing this new thing now where he doesn't make you like a lot of dogs will make you pet them for them to lay down and chill. Mm-hmm. He now will lay on his back in my arms on the couch oh. and just cuddle me. I can big spoon him and he doesn't even make me pet him. I'm like, you're just chilling here watching RuPaul's Drag Race with me right now. And you like <laughs> his favorite show, by the way, the colors. I think even though he's colorblind, he loves all the performances. So, do you like cats too, or just you just a hate dog? them with everything in my being? I love cats. I'm too. very allergic. Oh, okay. My eyes swell, my lungs swell shut, and they're vicious oh, no. and they're I, conniving. I like cats. So that part as they well. They mind their business and they're self-sufficient. Well, you know what my business is? my business to do news <laughs> on the beat right now because Michaela is sleeping in because she deserves it. Let's get into it. Uh, how about this one? Texas lawmaker proposes a ban on minors watching drag shows. State Representative Brian Slayton, who's a Republican, if that doesn't shock you, nothing will, 
uh, said a law was necessary to protect children from perverted adults, citing a viral video of children attending the drag show in Dallas on Saturday. The events of this past weekend were horrifying and show a disturbing trend in which perverted adults are obsessed with sexualizing young children. As a father of two young children, I would never take my children to a drag show, and I know Speaker Dade Phelan and the rest of my Republican colleagues wouldn't either. Uh, protecting our own children isn't enough, and our responsibility as lawmakers extends to the sexualization that is happening across Texas. They're afraid of drag queens now. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. Tampa Bay's player, uh, Tampa Bay Rays players refused to wear the Gay Pride logo on their uniforms this weekend, saying their religious beliefs wouldn't allow it, but also saying they accept everyone. Hmm, funny how that works. Wait, this is a baseball team? Mm-hmm. The players are all pitchers. <laughs> Make a joke there. No and catchers. there's five of them. Uh, no catchers. Not a single one. Uh, they're all very gay, apparently. Have you seen the thighs on a catcher? They squat for a living. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're... Woo. I'm not, that's and neither the catcher's here. It's not, not it's neither here nor there. On Saturday, during the team's Pride Night celebration, they reportedly ditched the custom jerseys and hats featuring rainbow-colored lettering, and instead opted for their standard uniforms. Manager Kevin Cash said the players' decision had sparked some conversation in the clubhouse, but it doesn't sound like things have gotten heated, and that the team understands. The team was certainly in support of hyping the fact that it was Pride Night, as they've even changed their official logo on social media to reflect the month. A lot of major sports teams now do a Pride Night, right? And yes. some do it better than other others. I saw. I went to uh, LAFC's uh, soccer match a couple years ago for Pride Night here in, in LA, and it was a whole vibe. Like it was like real. It didn't feel performative. It felt real. I just I don't understand what the, when it comes to this team. They knew that this event was coming up, so why not? Why even have the 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 merchandise made if you know that you're going to be in your home team? And why uniform? and why just the pitchers? Why yeah. just the pitchers? I don't know, child. Problematic tops. That's what I gotta say. <laughs> they want to do some weather? Sure. Why not? I'm just talking to myself because I'm doing it all right now, except for Shar, who's just making me shine and making me sound like I know what I'm doing. Thank you, AJ. It's <laughs> mutual. It's mutual. It's a high of 79 in LA, 73 in Seattle, 80 in Washington, D.C., and 107 in Cathedral City. Now, give us a vibe of the day. Vibe of the day is brought to you by Sylvia Rivera, yet another foremother excuse me, of the Pride movement. She says, we have to be visible. We should not be ashamed of who we are. And I agree, Sylvia. I love that. Sylvia is an, an icon. I found out yesterday, just yesterday, that the P in Marsha uh, Marsha P. P. Johnson yeah. stands for pay them no mind. Yeah, or pay it no or mind. Pay it no mind. If, yeah. they, if people have thoughts about you, pay it no mind. Yeah. Keep it pushing. These were the women that were on the front lines responsible mm. for the... I'd venture to say they're the reason Channel Q exists. Amen. <laughs> Good morning, B. Channel Q. You know what is kind of crazy what love can do? Love can make you do all sorts of things. Uh, I, I genuinely feel like I am in a sort of... Uh, odd relationship with my dog Kingston. I look into his eyes sometimes and I'm actually in love with him. Now it's not like a bestiality weird sort of thing. So don't go there people. I know how I know how people think about <laughs> us sometimes here at Channel Q. But I look into his eyes and I hold him like a baby and I'm like my soul is connected to him. We imprint on each other. We did from day 1, just kind of like the movie Twilight. Aww. However, when it comes to things like pride season and you're going to marches and you're going to uh, festivals and, and there's the fireworks, parade. yeah, there's things happening. You want to bring your dog along, but is that the smart thing to do? So here to answer that question and others is our celebrity veterinarian, Doc Halligan. Uh, Doc, thanks so much for being here. Um, Hi, good morning. Not just Pride season, but also Fourth of July Mm -hmm. is right around the corner. Um, We saw some dogs at the Pride March this weekend, and it was hot. Like, I'm sunburnt. I was struggling. 
is it a good idea to bring your dog to a pride parade or is that something maybe we should just eh, never mind well it depends on the dog i mean if you take into account some critical things that could harm them so it's all about safety for your pet then you can bring them so a couple of things you know if it is hot between 11 and 2 and that's when the parade is i would say no um you know, if it's hot that day, then wait. If it's in a time when it's, you know, not during the peak sunlight and you want to take them, a couple of things. One, you have to think about safety costume because I know it's all about dressing up, right, in the in the rainbow colors to, you know, show your support. And if you do dress your pet up, you want to make sure that your pet can see and they can relieve themselves while wearing the costume. Um, you never want to leave your pet unattended because um, we typically take buttons and things like that um, because dogs will chew them. So that, uh, you know, just um, just be aware if you are going to dress your pets up that they can, you know, go to the bathroom, walk, and be able to see. Second, you want to make sure that whatever apparatus your pet is wearing, a harness, a martingale, collar, that they can't slip out because... Every day, hundreds of dogs slip out of their, they back out of their harness, they get away from the owners if they get spooked. So you want to just make sure that that doesn't happen. Most people don't have the collar tight enough. You should only be able to put one or two fingers in between so they can't back out of it. Three, you want to be able to, you want to have fresh water for them. Um, there's a lot of ways you can bring that. Four, um, you know, if your pet is used to going out a lot, great, but it's like all of a sudden you, you're like, you know what, I'm going to take my dog to Pride. It's not, it's not really used to that kind of environment, then it might be better for your pet to just stay at home and bring a picture of your pet. Okay, uh, bring a picture of your pet. <laughs> no, I, t- I totally agree. There were dogs along the parade route on Sunday, and I was like on the mic like, that dog looks tired. Like, they're laying down. They don't want to walk. Do you also think that it's a good idea to maybe put some shoes on the dog? Mm-hmm. Well, it, that's the thing is if the pavement's too hot, if you do the palm test where you put your hand on the pavement and you can't, you know, count to five, then, um, yeah, you, you can't walk them on the pavement. Most pets don't enjoy wearing the shoes. No, they don't. I mean, if no. So, I mean, why torture your pet to try to show support for a cause? You know, it doesn't make any sense. So. Your pet can Uh, be chilling in the air conditioning at home until you get back. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, you know, get a you know a picture of your pet, put it on your (laughs) t-shirt. You know, get creative, (laughs) right? If you but they do make the strollers. Have you seen those? The pet strollers are great. They've got the backpacks now. I went biking in Manhattan Beach, and people were people were you know biking and rollerblading with their pets in backpacks. So. They've gotten creative on how to be able to bring your pet into some festivities. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we definitely every holiday, 4th of July, these types of parades we see. And pets end up in the ER, and it's like a 10-hour wait now. Mm. Um, you know what I'm saying? So it's not really worth it. And I listened to your piece about your pet. I think it's beautiful, you know, that you love him. You have the connection. That's what you want with your pet. You have... Um, you know, respect because they give you that unconditional love. They're like emotional vitamins. 
And you are <laughs> a good that. pet owner. Aww. You got you have pet insurance for them? Yes, we do. I pay $91 yes. a month for that stuff, but I got the best one I, I know, could find. I know, but you know what? It's like if they are a family member and you have the bond, you need to do pet insurance yeah. of some sort. Not necessarily an expensive one, something like catastrophic. If something happens in the thousands of dollars, you know, you can't afford, then the, the, you know, coverage will kick in. But, yeah, it's about, you know, um, taking care of your pet and, and doing the prevention so you don't get caught where, you know, it's the, you know, financial euthanasia where, you know, pet owners are putting pets down because they can't afford the catastrophic care when their pet got out of their collar and got hit by a car. Not on my, I would, pet, I would sell my life to save my right. dog. And yeah, you and, would figure it out. But yep. some people, you know, they're not as resourceful. Yep. Um, so I think it's important to, you know, I think it's cute you have that bond. I had that bond. My dog, I said I gave birth to my dog, my little chocolate man. <laughs> my little my lab you know people i was obsessed with him um it's different with cats um but you know they do they do bring a lot of good to us people live longer with pets um and we so should, i think it's a good thing and and we should also be cognizant of the type of breed right you don't want to bring your siberian husky that part. to the pride parade some are better for it than other you know doc halligan we love you so much and we adore you uh we always appreciate your keeping our pets safe and we'll talk to you again soon okay Okay, thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, this is a really, really fascinating study, okay? Uh, according to the journal Economics and Human Biology, uh, there is a, a hidden factor in men who are successful at their jobs and who keep their jobs for longer without getting fired. And the thing more often than not that keeps men uh, in their place of employment is their testosterone level. This is wild what? to me. We talked about this recently. This is a study uh, done by over 2,200 men between the ages of 25 and 65 showed that higher levels of testosterone in men correlated with a reduced risk of being laid off in shorter periods of unemployment compared to men with less testosterone. Researchers found that unemployed men with medium to high testosterone levels were more likely than those with low testosterone to have found work by five months out. This is fascinating because like, I. How is this measured? Is it a pheromone thing? It's a the, the actual like the, the blood work. Smell it on they you? take the blood work. They did the blood work on these guys because I had the, I had my testosterone tested a few weeks ago, so I'm really fascinated by this because I have felt for the last couple of years, a few years probably, like my I just feel different. My energy level is different since mm-hmm. I've hit my 40s. My body is different. My my chest looks different. My my flanks and my stomach look different, and I just feel like I can't snatch it back like I used to. I mean, the hormones. As someone who's on HRT, um, it 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 is. It can be wild to yeah. to to witness. Like it is. Like I, estrogen dominates my hormonal cycle. Yeah. Like my testosterone is dangerously low. But which what I thought was funny, just as a trans person, is when I got my levels read when I first started my medical transition, my testosterone was already naturally low. Really? And we were just talking about sharing our business. I did st- hit puberty late in life. Okay. So I think that maybe I don't know if that contributed. Your testosterone knew like nope, nope, nope. Yep. Hold I'm a woman. Off. I'm a woman. I'm a woman. Hold We're gonna... But it's it's weird, you know, like yeah. 
Like I have no li- like my libido's really low. Just just how you know like okay. those characteristics, those secondary characteristics that come with be- with your hormone levels. Yep. And I'm wondering how people can clock this. That's why I said, is this a yeah. pheromone thing? Because testosterone levels can can impact your performance. They can impact your like you said your libido. They can impact your energy, de- de- energy depression, your mental health, weight all loss. As well. all Let me tell you things, that all of those things. And so I actually started a On few that weeks ago eating salads and hadn't lost a pound. Nothing, and that's where I was, and I. I said to my doctor, I said, listen, what's going on? Because I go to a, an LGBTQ like doctor facility. They're, they're all fantastic. Okay. And, and I, I tend to go to a woman. Her name's Asia. She's wonderful. I said, what's the secret? Like, what is the secret? I'm tired of summer after summer going to pool parties and seeing gay men in their 50s and 60s having six-pack abs and perfect pecs. Like, what is that? I work out really hard. I eat they really well. HRT. That's she what says, it is. <laughs> she says the, the secret is testosterone testosterone replacement therapy. And I said, okay, got it. Do I need to do that? So we got my testosterone tested and it's low. It's very low. She's like, well, that's it. You're feeling sluggish. You're feeling like you can't focus. You feel like your your workouts aren't doing anything anymore. Your, your testosterone is low. Mm-hmm. I was like, how dare you? I'm a man. I, I have right? a I have a, a friend who's a cis gay man who's doing the <clears throat> testosterone replacement therapy, which I think is so funny because now y'all trickling into trans no, well, politics. Okay, so I'm not doing testosterone replacement. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not doing that because what happens with that is your body then will stop completely creating testosterone. Really? I'm on Clomid, which is an estrogen blocker. Okay. So I'm taking, no, my friend is too. My yeah, so is I'm too. taking a blocker to allow my body to naturally, to naturally get more. back to what it should be. Yeah. I'm not trying to enhance. Right. I'm just trying to be what I was in my 30s. Because you know enhancing, I mean? that's like the steroid. That's yeah, no, 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 steroids. no. And, and, and people do. They, 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 oh, I know. they clock both of them together uh, to kind of get that perfect body. That's literally hormone replacement therapy. No way, not going to happen. <laughs> right. And I feel, I have felt a difference. My libido has been fantastic. It's been through the roof. Congratulations. But I'm celibate right now before my wedding. So that's not been fun. Well, it'll so be prob- a magical night. Well, I think I probably timed the start of this treatment a little off okay like i'm going to start taking this thing that's going to raise my libido right before i say no sex until the wedding really great planning aj but you got to take care of yourself especially as we enter summer season okay gotta do what's right for you fair enough so listen if you want to hold on to your job maybe get your testosterone levels checked and uh if and they're slide high in my dms let's slide, talk and, about and slide it in Char's dms Good morning, Beat Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. Now, this is going to be a little bit different, Char. Uh, Char Jossel, entertainment expert, filling in today uh, for Michaela Gordon, who got stuck in Orlando gay days last night. Her flight was delayed many, many, many times. Uh, but she is back in L.A. now, and she's got something really cool going on tonight that our guest right now is going to tell you more about. Please welcome to the program Shira Yevin, who is an entertainment or is an entrepreneur, artist, activist, lead singer of the band uh, the band Shira Girl, and founder of Gritty in Pink. Shira, how are you? Hi, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's talk about Gritty in Pink. Uh, this is taking place uh, later on today, uh, I believe, on Instagram. Correct? What's going on? Yes, so we're doing an Instagram Live with Melissa Etheridge, the queer icon herself. Of course. And so Gritty and Pink is a collective of women in music, and we do an Instagram live stream series called GRL, or Gritty Rocks Live. And you can follow us on Instagram at Gritty and Pink Life. That's where the show will be hosted. And so, yeah, we're bringing on a whole slew of musicians, including Michaela Gordon, um, Maya Carley, Sterling Victorian, we have um, Amanda Molina, and we're going to be promoting 
our Pride show on Thursday. We're doing a huge all-girl jam in L.A. Michaela is also part of it. We have 65 female and non-binary musicians performing queer artists and anthems. It's, it's a new residency that we're doing. It's called the All-Girl Jam. And so, yeah, it's sort of a pre-show for that. But, um, of course, we're honored to have Melissa Etheridge on. She has actually just come on board as a strategic advisor for Gritty and Pink. I this love that. This so exciting. How did this come to be? Walk me through the inception of Gritty and Pink. Yeah. So I actually, back in the day, became known for, you guys know the Vans Warped Tour? Of course, yeah. The Crack Tour? Yeah. So I became known for crashing the tour and starting a stage for female musicians because there were no chicks on stage, no female musicians. So we started the Shearer Girl stage, hosted over 300 bands, including Joan Jett. And we got wow. featured in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Warped exhibit just for crashing the tour in a pink RV. We had Paramore on their first ever tour. So kind of just started a crusade. You know, I, I'm from New York and, um, you know, I had a whole posse there of riot girls who taught me the way, um, you know, got me into activism and the Dyke March and, you know, really just showed me the way of feminism and then you arrive to warp tour and it's just like why is why is there all do you know so yeah that, that was kind of and they told me oh girls don't play this kind of music i said that's not true i have 10 friends in all girl hardcore bands so um yeah that's sort of my background and then coming into gritty and pink we actually started as a monthly event in la pre-pandemic january 2020 we had three magical months we did this all girl gym we had the best female talent in la like the bassist for Pink, Eva Gardner, you know, all the best musicians. Then, of course, COVID hit. So we started doing these Instagram live stream fundraisers for charity. You know, we were all like cooped up, <laughs> nowhere to go, nothing to do. You know, we needed performance opportunities and it just took off. We did like the first one we did was just sort of a replacement for our April event. You know, remember when we all thought it was like. Sure. Two weeks? Yeah. It's gonna be, uh, we, yeah. We'll be back in May. Wow. Are you trying to trigger yeah. me? Yeah. Don't bring us back. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Well, listen, listen. I know you have your event going on uh, this Thursday at 7 p.m. June 9th uh, at the Echo L.A. And you can get tickets at eventbrite.com. Just look up All Girl Jam. That's G-R-L. Um, but for those who uh, might want to tune in to your live today with Melissa Etheridge, Michaela Gordon, and others, uh, where can they follow you on social media to make sure they catch that? Yeah, it's Gritty in Pink Life on Instagram. So Perfect. Um, I love yeah, it. Yeah, and I want to mention Thursday is actually a free show. It's something we're doing for the community. It's sponsored by Play Out Clothing, which is gender-neutral clothing. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's absolutely free. So come on out. It's all grljampride.eventbrite.com for Love their RSVP. I also do want to let you, I'm sure you already know, our listeners who don't know, Michaela's new music from her upcoming album is so, so good. I don't know if she's performing any tonight or this week yes. with you, but Ooh, stay yeah. on the lookout because I've, I've heard these songs and they're so beautiful. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by and good luck with the Instagram Live today and for the free show show later this week uh sherry evan thank you so much for being here thanks so much for having me Tell me something good. let's kick things off with a little bit of lgbtq plus history uh, the increased visibility and activism of lgbt individuals in the 1970s helped the movement make progress on multiple fronts in 1977 before either of us were even a thought charge yourself. Oh, yeah, that's 11 years before I was here. <laughs> okay, no, it's three for me. Um, in 1977, for instance, the New York Supreme Court ruled that transgender women, a uh, woman, Renee Richards, could play at the United States Open Tennis Tournament as a woman. Additionally, several openly LGBT individuals secured public office positions, uh, 
Kathy Kozachenko won a seat uh, to the Ann Arbor, Michigan City Council in 1974, becoming the first out American to be elected public office. Harvey Milk, who campaigned on a pro-gay rights platform, became the San Francisco City, uh, City Supervisor in 1978, becoming the first openly gay man elected to a political office in California. I've been to that office, actually, up in the Castro District. Really? I was there last year. I, I shot some stuff for LGBTQ Nation. I just recently watched uh, the Milk uh, movie uh, well, during the uh, pandemic. Sean Penn? Yeah, yeah, that was one hell of a performance. Really, and really. wow, I wept like a baby at the yeah. end. That was really graphic, the way they depicted his yeah. death yeah. in that film. But The it's... Twinkie defense. Yeah. The absurdity has been going on for decades. Yeah. Uh, what do you have for us? So, uh, cats out of the back. Major congratulations to Justine Lindsay, a 29-year-old black woman who is trans and just recently announced that she would be joining the Carolina Panthers cheerleading squad. Now, for those of you who don't know who the Carolina Panthers are, they are a part of the NFL, the National Football <laughs> that is League. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, this is for the 2022 season that officially kicks off in September. Um, she announced this on uh, Instagram and BuzzFeed initially broke the story. However, of course, she has been subjected to transphobic vitriol and comments. I mean, that's going to come with the territory, especially, girl, you with the NFL. So I'm I'm still sending my sister all different types of healing powers Ooh, and energies. She's and, cute. Yeah. So is she bald headed in her official photo. That is adorable. Is she? Oh, she is. Oh, she is bald. Oh, she is. Are you gorgeous. sure? Wait, let me zoom in. Oh, look at this. Look at her profile. I'm on her Instagram right now. Look at that face. Ooh, oh, yeah. Ooh, I mean, ooh, she's ooh. got the mug. She's got the mug. Pretty. Category is face. Okay. Now, the Trevor Project, which is an LGBTQ youth crisis intervention and suicide prevention organization, said that Lindsay's hiring in the NFL is significant, given that a report in April found that fewer than one in three adults know a transgender person. And when these statistics come out, I always say, uh, 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 allegedly, because you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know who's trans. That part. So one in three adults don't know an openly trans person. Let's put it that way. Because mm. you never know who you are talking to. Um, but the organization says that this could give young LGBTQ people more hope to the future. So, yes, I always say I love seeing the black girls rep because the trans experience is not shrouded in doom and gloom, despite what the media likes to push and press. Yeah. Like there is still a lot of joy in our lived experiences. And it's not all of this, you know, riffraff all the time. So congratulations to her. Yeah. And shout out to the North Carolina Panthers for for making history and kind of breaking barriers with this. You just call them the North Carolina Panthers instead of the Carolina Panthers. Whatever. You don't watch sports. No, I don't. I, I only watch like I only watch sports. You know, it's, it's got to be. It's, uh -huh. we'll, we'll talk. Okay, okay. No, it's, it's a great story. It's in a specific setting. Yeah, especially on the heels of the story that just came out the other day about all the players uh, that play for the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, the baseball team in the major leagues. They wouldn't wear the rainbow logo for Pride Night. They would not do it, refuse to. So this is it's a positive story oh, coming God. from another pro sports league. And oh, that, in the South on top of uh -huh, that. Uh-huh, the South of it all. Uh, that wraps things up for today. Thank you, Sharjah Seller Entertainment uh, Expert for stopping by and filling in last minute for Michaela Gordon, who hopefully, God willing, will be back tomorrow if she ever decides to come back from gay days in Orlando. Stick around for three hours of curated music just for you, followed by Char once again joining Ryan Mitchell a little bit later on and Let's Go There and cap things off tonight with uh, Chris Donahue and Loveline. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 